Good morning. Boy, if you weren't moved toward God through worship this morning, check your pulse. It's the lost generation leading us this morning. The millennials, the people who across this nation and around the world are working, walking away from the church. Boy, they don't look lost to me, do they? Amen. Thank you, worship team. may come as a surprise to some, but I am not Pastor John Venema. <laughs> Although I did my best to try to channel him this morning, I bought a new shirt. Fits me a little different than it does him. Um, I thought about going to his closet and raiding his wardrobe, but he's a little more fit than I am, so that probably wouldn't work. He's away on vacation this week and next. Um, I often say that one of the things that makes him a great pastor is that he's a great father, and he's a great husband. And so him and Shelly are away this week, um, spending time together and building their um, marriage again and again. So um, hopefully he's getting the rest that he needs. We can be praying for him. Uh, Jeremy actually said, uh, they're really on fire, this generation. Jeremy actually said uh, last night after they had um, ran through that song, that the song was long enough we could pass the offering plates twice. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll get that to the ushers. Maybe we'll do that. And the second offering will be toward the building campaign. Um, John makes this look easy on Sunday mornings, I got to tell you. I know he puts a lot of work into it before he gets here. I've put a lot of work into it. Uh, it is important. Um, if I make it look easy today, then uh, I'll tell you it's not. Uh, it is the Word of God. It's life of, and death for some people. Um, it's salvation. And so uh, my nerves kind of got the best of me this week, and fear kind of crept in in a few places, and I had to really spend some time praying and thinking about it and really uh, going over and over and over again what it was that God wanted me to share with you from His Word this morning. And I, I don't know why anxiety is a problem for us. I don't know why fear sometimes grips us when it comes to the Word of God, but it, but it did this week, and it got the best of me. Um, and interesting, in a few moments where I felt really emotion, I thought, this is, this is fascinating, and it's quite humorous, actually, and maybe you won't see the humor in it now. Maybe you'll get it sometime around lunchtime today, but I, the title of my message this morning is Be Brave. <laughs> and so that's, that's a little bit humorous to me that this week I struggled with bravery just a little bit. Um, I was reading this passage to our young adults. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Corey. I am the director of young adults, and I oversee our satellite ministry, which is a ministry to college-aged and career-minded people. And um, I, when I read this passage to them, I thought, boy, we really, we really can take a lot out of this. Uh, in the day and age we're living in, in the culture we're living in, we could really get a lot out of this. Um, being brave isn't always about bravery. You can just ask any of those people sitting around you this morning that you look up to, that you think are brave. In, in reading these words and in preparing for this, I can't help but think of Tim and Sharice and Nikki and just the incredible amount of bravery that they've shown and modeled for us over the last months. Ronnie Kutsir and his family, just what amazingly brave people. And they've modeled that for us. Can't help but think of Ben Pace. Um, how many of you have been on this journey with Ben Pace? He was, for those of you who don't know, he was hit by a car when he was crossing the street. 
um, and left laying in the gutter. It was a hit-and-run accident. He was left laying in the gutter and uh, escorted off to the hospital, and there were a lot of divine appointments that started his journey to this miraculous healing that he's experienced. Um, But what a tremendous amount of bravery he's shown in the face of that, saying it's brought him closer to God, saying that um, all the positive things that have come out of this, he realizes his family is there for him. He, he just models bravery in so many ways, um, at least on the outside. I'm sure there are moments on the inside where insecurity takes over. I can't help but think of those people in our congregation with aging parents um, and the bravery that they show, caring for their parents. I think of Patsy Turner and even Amanda Ingram, caring for Jackie Mapleston, um, just really brave in the face of danger. I host exchange students, and I have in my home for the last 15 years. What an incredible, brave thing that they do, leaving their home countries and their family and everything they know and coming to this really big country um, and, and living for 10 months with a strange family. They don't come any stranger than us. So uh, they, they just show a lot of bravery in doing that, and they learn so much about the world. I can't help think of those who struggle with anxiety, who every day getting out of bed and putting their feet on the floor and just really putting one foot in front of the other sometimes is a chore and a task and a decision that they have to consciously make. Um, there's a young lady like that in our ministry, and, and I just think, boy, you're, you're braver than you give yourself credit for. Anxiety is really gripping, and she manages anxiety very, very well. On days where she's not managing it well, she has an incredible mom who manages it for her. And what about those of us engaged and participating in a building campaign, in building the ministry center at our new site? That takes bravery. That takes courage and strength. Uh, Some of us in this room have been in it since the beginning, right? We've We've been along the whole journey. We've seen the vision. But some are second and third generation builders, And you guys haven't seen the vision from the beginning, and yet you're being asked to get on board and to give money, not just change when it comes down to it, but $7,000. That takes bravery. It takes courage and strength to step forward, to trust leadership, to trust that God is leading our leadership. So this morning, we're going to read a similar story in Joshua 1. And I want us to think about a lot of a lot of things. I want us to think what God is telling us through this passage, because God wants to speak to you directly this morning. And he's, it's going to sound like my voice, but it's really God that wants to give you a message this morning. So when you take that home with you, when you really study this, when you look at it, ask yourself what it is that God wanted to teach you this morning. Don't let worship or my voice or who you think I am be a distraction, but really listen for God's voice. Joshua 1 all the way to verse 11. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean See in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. 
because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the laws always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Joshua is in a very unenvious position. Can you imagine having to fill the shoes of Moses? Taking the place of a man who could speak to God through a burning bush? Cast down his rod and have it turn into a snake, only to grab a hold of that snake and pick it up and have it be a rod again? To put that rod in the ground and part the sea so that people could cross to safety? To put that rod in a rock and have water come out? To give water to thirsty people? that were trusting him. Not only that, but Joshua now finds himself the leader of a group of people who are known for murmuring, complaining, backsliding, and wishing they were back where they came from as if that were better than where they were headed. God now looks at Joshua, and God says to Joshua, you to man, you to man, Joshua. There, there are yet things to accomplish Moses had led the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage and through many precarious situations, but now there is a land of promise still to be claimed. The inhabitants of the land still must be defeated and dislodged. When I think about this, I can't help but think, how will Joshua manage to do this? If I were in his shoes, if I were looking back at Moses, and I were looking ahead at the people that I was being called to lead, I would think, I don't think I'm the man. <laughs> I would question it. What Joshua did need in order to fill that awesome task was the same thing that Moses had before him. The power to do such things that Moses did and to lead as he did are now upon Joshua. He has been ordained by God to do this, and God will give him what he needs to fulfill that calling. And in this chapter, we see God instruct Joshua three times to be strong and courageous. And one of those times, he says, be strong and very courageous. Such easy instructions. But how is he to be strong and courageous? I read a story of a guy who took out his pocket knife and cut the tail off a man-eating lion. And he took it to the people and he said, this is the tail of the man-eating lion. And the people cheered for him. And he was a hero until one person stood up in the crowd and said, but why the tail? Why not the head? And he said, well, someone had already cut the head off that lion. <laughs> Joshua, you see, he didn't need, he didn't need arrogance or false bravado. He needed real bravery. But what Joshua needed was more than that. We're going to discover that together this morning. God not only directs Joshua to be strong and courageous, but he dictates to him in this chapter how he can do that. 
to live the kind of life that God wants us to in the culture that we live in, we need courage. And sometimes, a lot of times, it's really hard to be strong and courageous. There's a story of a little boy who one summer evening during a violent thunderstorm while his mother tucked him into bed and began to leave the room and turn out the light, he turned to her and with a murmur in his voice, a tremor, he said, Mommy, will you sleep with me tonight? The mother smiled and gave him a reassuring hug. She said, I can't, dear. I have to sleep with Daddy. A long silence was broken at last by a shaken little voice saying, The big sissy. (laughs) How many of us feel that way sometimes? So let's take a look now together at how Joshua could be strong and courageous and how we can as well. If you're taking notes this morning, there are notes in your bulletin, and I'm going to lay out for you exactly um, what you need to write down. I really want you to take this message with you. I want you to meditate on it this week. Um, Put me aside, really, and, and just focus in on God's word and what he's trying to tell you. So the first thing, if you're taking notes, is to stand on the promises. Verse 3 says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. What an awesome promise that is from God. Though God's servant Moses is deceased, God's plan and promises are exactly the same. The God of Moses is the God of Joshua, is the God of us. He makes his promises, he keeps them. If Joshua is to be strong and courageous, he must stand upon the promises of God. If we are to accomplish what God calls us and instructs us to do, we too must stand on the promises. I'm going to make a statement right now, and I don't want you to think it's directed at you personally, but I really want you to think of it. You see, the problem with us being called to stand on the promises is that many of us are really busy sitting on the premises and not standing on the promises. Where are you this morning? Are you sitting here or are you standing before God and his promises? The second thing We need to sense the presence. Verse 5 says this. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. We need to sense his presence. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. A little KJV for some of the older folk in the room. How can Joshua, you're welcome. (laughs) How can Joshua lead with confidence? How can he confront the battles that lie ahead? He can because the same God that was with Moses is with him. A God that will not forsake and one that, that will not fail. Every place that the sole of his foot touched was to become their land. And every step that Joshua took, God was with him. Today, if we're children of God, he has promised to never leave us or forsake us. Because he is not only with us, he is in us. Sense the presence of God in your life. The third thing, if you're taking notes, stay the path. Verse 7 says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. If Joshua is to be strong and courageous... If we are to be strong and courageous, we have to stay the path. We must not turn. He must not compromise. 
He must not become distracted, and he must not become detoured from what God, God's will is in his life. He must stay the path set before him. You see, faithfulness for Joshua and for us is key. Faithfulness is key. So Ralph Houck was the manager of the New York Yankees baseball when baseball schedules were even more exacting than they are now, with double headers almost every week. And occasionally, a player would get sick of the grind and approach Houck asking for permission to sit out a game. And Houck would sympathize with him or empathize with him. I know how you feel, the manager would say. Sure, take the day off, but do me just this one favor. You're in the starting lineup. Just play one inning and then skip the rest of the game. The player would honor Houck's request and almost invariably would get caught up in the spirit of the game and play it out to the very end. Sometimes we just need a little encouragement to get started and a little encouragement to stay the course. And we're going to get tired of the grind. We're going to feel like giving up. There were a few times this week where that happened to me. Maybe you're with me. We're going to feel like giving in. But we must stay the path until the very end. God blesses faithfulness. We see this throughout Scripture. Compromise leads to chaos. Distractions often lead to destruction. But faithfulness leads to fulfillment. Are we being faithful? Or is it possible that we've gotten off the path that God has called us to follow? The last thing, the fourth thing in your notes, is to start the process. Verse 11 says, Go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. What God had told Joshua would have been no good if he had not begun to assimilate this plan. In this verse, Joshua begins the process. He puts one foot in front of the other, and he begins to move. The transfer of leadership had already taken place, and Joshua believes what God has said and begins to demonstrate. He begins his journey of strength and courage, of bravery. It's not enough simply to know the word of God or to sense his presence. We must put into action what he tells us to do. Joshua now begins that process. He takes action. He begins the task of moving forward. And so the question comes, what are we supposed to move forward to do? What is God calling you to do? Maybe this afternoon when you leave this place, as you put one foot in front of the other and you leave your church family and the comfort of this place, this is a great church. And as you leave the comfort of this place, and you leave the comfort of friends that are like family. What's God calling you to do? Maybe you're going to lunch. And maybe when you sit down to lunch, your waiter or waitress, they don't know Jesus. And it's going to take a certain act of bravery on your part to just speak his name. Take that first step. Start that process just like Joshua did. What a great, what a great thing. Joshua did for his people in starting the process. So now we've heard the word of God. We've sensed his presence and his leading. But are we still just sitting? Is our mind set in other places? When I got out of bed this morning, I was like, God, I cannot wait to get a nap this afternoon. <laughs> 
don't want to just sit, though. I want to do something. So what are we waiting for? Let's get going. There's ground to cover, battles to be won, jobs that are unfinished. Let's be strong and courageous. Let's all together strap on our Nikes and just do it. I know the message this morning is a little bit um, different maybe than what we're used to, a little bit subdued. Uh, I've asked the worship team to come back out, actually two people on the worship team, Jeremy and Elizabeth, they're going to lead us in a song, which I believe holds the key to what I'm talking about this morning and what it takes to be strong and courageous or what it takes to leave here and be brave in the midst of a culture and a world that wants to beat us down as Christians, that wants to change our lives, that wants to tell us what we can and can't do, maybe even which restroom we can or can't use. In that world that we face, it's going to take bravery and more so every day. And I think this song holds the key, the answer to what it takes for us to be brave. As we sing it this morning, I would encourage you to either just read the words um, and take it in as worship or to participate by singing. But either way, really hear what God's speaking to you through this song. You make me brave. 
can't deny the love that made a way. You make me brave. You make me brave. You call me out beyond the shore into the waves. And you. song and when you're preaching on a Sunday morning you can ask the worship team to do that for you so I enjoyed that you make me brave you make me brave you make me brave sung over and over again what a beautiful thing what a beautiful thing it is to rely on him to make us brave you see like I said at the beginning being brave isn't always about bravery sometimes it's a whole lot about trust and faith. How is God calling you to trust him? How are you to step out on faith? You know, on many occasions this week, I asked myself that very same question. Who am I to step out on faith and do this? Big shoes to fill. John's grasp of the word of God is amazing. And his deliverance is like crazy good. How am I to fill those shoes? How am I to step out on faith, God, and bring your message to your people at Grace Community Church, my family, who I stand shoulder to shoulder with in ministry? I thought there were a lot of ways to do that. Don't stand on the pulpit. Stand down front. Be with them. Be one with the people, right? Even this morning on the way here, I got kind of caught up in the anxiety of it all. And right here at this turn light, I had to make a U-turn and Apparently the arrow had turned green and I was so caught up in the moment and I was praying and I was thinking about it that I let that arrow turn yellow and then red again. And I was so relaxed and so at peace in that moment. Unfortunately, the person behind me wasn't very relaxed or at peace, but I was. And I thought to myself, God, what is the message you have for me in all of this as well? Because I've been studying it and God wants me to do something amazing for him. God wants me to step out on faith, to trust him and to be brave in his name. And how am I to do that? In just a moment, we're gonna wrap up with prayer. I'm gonna ask you guys, um, if, if you're here this morning and you're kind of discovering 
what this bravery thing is, or you're kind of discovering what this relationship with God is, in just a moment, if you have never made a first-time decision for Jesus Christ, can I tell you, it takes bravery, but it will be the best step forward in your life. And as we stand in just a moment to pray, I'm going to ask you, if you're that person, that you would just step out of your seat and come forward. We're going to have some elders and deacons, some pastoral staff, and maybe their wives join us up front, and we're going to pray for you. And we're going to tell you what this journey is and how to put one foot in front of the other and give your life to Christ. Maybe you're here and you haven't been baptized. Can I challenge and encourage you to follow, to follow Jesus in baptism? When we pray to come forward and ask what that looks like and how you can do that and pray with the leadership of our church. Maybe you're here and you haven't identified with our church and membership. Maybe that's an area of your life you're, you're worried about. It is a big step. It's a serious step. And you need to be brave this morning and step forward, and you know that's what God's calling you to. Can I challenge you and encourage you to do that this morning, to start that process this morning? When we go to prayer, just step out of your seat and come forward and talk to the leadership of our church. Or maybe you're here and you just need prayer. They're going to be up here to pray for you. Take advantage of that for whatever it is that you need strength or courage to get through. Maybe just by yourself this morning, you want to come up and and just pray at the steps. If you just go to the steps and sit down or kneel down at the steps, our leadership um, will only come over to you if, if you ask them to. So you have opportunity to really give those things to God this morning. As I pray for you, will you guys all stand with me? And as I pray, if, you're, if you are one of those people that needs prayer this morning that would like to, to meet with our leadership, could you come forward and do that? You're not committing to anything except for taking that first step of starting the process of communication and prayer. Let me pray for you. Father God, we thank you today for your word. True in the days of Joshua and true to us today. God, we thank you for an opportunity to come together to worship you as a family of God. Here on this side at Grace Community Church, we join with other churches around this city, around this state, around this nation, and around the, the whole world, God, just coming before you with our needs. God, I would pray that you would give an extra ounce or gallon of bravery to those people who need to step out of their seats and come forward to just start the process to receive prayer for whatever it is that's holding them back. God, that you would give them the strength and courage that you gave Joshua to just step forward in faith, to trust you, and to come forward. Thank you, God, for your promises. Thank you, God, for your presence in our life, for your Holy Spirit that guides and directs. Thank you that we have a family to share our burden with. Help us to start that process now. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys are dismissed. Thank you.